Hey, dude, this dog like stinks, man. Okay, groomer, do something about it, man. you pet stylists, you found the Groom Pod. Welcome to our virtual salon. My name is Susie and I'm your host. I'm a mobile groomer from Seattle, Washington, and anyone who knows me will tell you I love to talk, especially about my job. One of my favorite people to talk to is my friend and mentor and co-star of the show, Miss Barbara Bird. Hey Susie, I am so excited to be here today because I'm going to talk about a new cleaning technology. There is a development that we need to be aware of, and I'm going to break it down. Oh, gosh, that sounds like a lot of fun. It's been a while since we've had a really good innovation in the cleaning industry. I can't even think of what the last innovation was. Maybe OxyClean? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So stay tuned, everybody. And we're going to answer a question that came off our Facebook group. So this podcast is brought to you by you guys. And by the way, it's episode 389 and it's October 8th, 2023. And I'm in Snohomish, Washington. And for now, Barbara is in Tucson, Arizona. This podcast is brought to you by you guys. Our listeners and our kind sponsors, Best Shot, Show Season, Evolution, Cheers, Groomore, and Stazco. And if you guys would like to throw your support behind the podcast, you can do so at our website, thegroompod.com, where you will find two buttons. One of them is a donation for Barbara. The other one is the Patreon link for the podcast support. This week's What's New is brought to you by Groomore Software. If you haven't found Groomore, you're missing out. Groomore is an all-in-one software solution for your grooming business. Whether you are a solo mobile groomer or manage several shops, Groomore has everything you need. 24-hour online booking and forms, routing, credit card processing, reminders, Google Calendar and QuickBooks integration, and so much more. And the best customer service anywhere. Shop mobile or house call, Groomore has you covered. And they're giving us a free month. Just enter GroomPod22 in the coupon code. Well, I've always tried to model myself after you in a lot of different ways. And so, you know, as the week went on, I thought, how could I be more like Barbara? So I cut a cat. (laughs) (laughs) I cut a dog. You cut a cat. Oh, God. And guess what I did it with? A seven blade. Oh, God. Did we not learn from my experience? Apparently not. (laughs) Seven blades. They're just terrible. (laughs) It's a snowshoe. And it's a nice cat with a bobtail who's sensitive on the back end with somewhat wacky humans. They are obsessive about keeping the cat clean although they do most of it themselves, but it's a greasy, oily cat. It's just the way she is. She's just lots of grease in her coat. And so about two grooms ago, so like eight week, eight months ago, they discovered me. I think a referral from the vet. Anyway, I've been doing it with a five blade because that's my normal go-to for cat shapes, right? I usually use a five blade. It's nice and thick. There's not very much chance of catching any skin or anything. They asked me to go shorter. So I thought, okay, I'll try my 10 blade. My 10 blades 
were not giving me a decent haircut on this thickly coated cat. So I pulled out the seven blade and I went, oh, that's nice. Ooh, look at that. That's perfect. I'm going to do that. And so I ran down the shoulder and I just caught some of the wrinkly skin behind the arm. And it took a half inch, maybe a little less than a half inch, between a third of an inch and a half of an inch slice. Clean. It didn't bleed. It was just the very top of the skin. But I was like... It was horrible. I don't do that very often. I don't nick or it just doesn't happen. I have a clipper vac. I don't go that short. My animals are maintained, but I did it. And so I have to bathe this cat and I debated because that can sting. I don't like to bathe an open wound like that. So I did three quarter bath and I left that whole shoulder inside and I did a dry bath on that area and I stayed away from the wound. It was clean. I, like you, then stressed the whole groom about having to tell these people because this is my third visit to their house. Third visit. And I cut the cat. So the husband comes out and I hand him the cat and I said, everything was great except I caught the skin in my clipper and I made a tear in the skin. If there's any problem, please call the vet and go there immediately and I'll cover whatever costs. And I'm really sorry, and I feel just awful. And he said, oh, it happens. We had him done the other place, and they cut him three different places. He said, we love you. You're fine. But I, of course, worried and worried and worried about it. I went home yesterday, and it was my first cat. So it was like at 10 o'clock in the morning. And by 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I was so worried that I texted them again to check on the cat. And they were so touched that I reached back out. I said, I feel horrible, but I also feel like I need to check up. So I may bother you again later tonight and possibly again tomorrow. So I've already talked to them like four times. They're lovely people. It seems like the cat is healing. It was an empathy injury. I must have thought, well, Barbara felt bad last week. I'm going to do this so I can feel bad with you. Ah. Do you not have a skin bonding agent in your first aid kit? No, I do not have a skin bonding agent in my first aid kit. I do. Yeah. Well, for the last 20 years, I've had a vet very close to where I work that I just would drive in if there was a real actual big issue. And I don't know that they would have glued this or not because it was so shallow. My experience with cat cutting, one time, I mean, I keep a a skin bonding agent in my first aid kit now always make sure it's not an opened up and dried up one because one time I had an elderly cat on my table and I cut it and it was a little cut it was like maybe a quarter of an inch at the most and by the time the owner came and I couldn't find it regular super glue because in an emergency my vet told me use it hasn't been made in the same under the same laboratory conditions, but use it. And I didn't even have that. I had nothing. I had a dried up something. And I so I had to, you know, like just prey on it. Well, by the time the cat went home, the cut had torn larger and larger. And she ended up with a major vet bill that I had to pay because by the time she got it to the vet, it was over an inch. That's scary. And they have sutures. And it's because 
cat skin is thin and old cat skin is brittle and doesn't have the strength to hold together at the ends of a cut. After that, I always keep, and it's expensive, that skin bonding stuff is expensive, but just for my own peace of mind, I keep that in there and especially for the cats. That's why I keep checking with them. Want to make sure everything's okay. And I emphasized again, if it looks funny, if it's, she's bothering it, which she can't yeah. because okay. of back so here. One, one, one call is fine. I know. This is what they said, though, because I said, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't want to be a pest. They said, oh, please bother us. It means that you care about her. Thank you. So I'm just going to go ahead with it and bother them a little, just a little bit more because I, I don't want them to feel like they're alone in it and I wounded their cat and then never checked in, but I also don't want to be a pest. There's a fine line <laughs> between caring and being a pest. So I'm walking it right now. I already know it. So I'm just going to wait until this evening to check back. I wouldn't want them to have to go to emergency, but I also wouldn't want something to go wrong and them not to talk to me about it so that I couldn't say go to emergency. You already know that it's healing. Yes. So it sounded like it's getting better. And as long as it doesn't itch, because that is a spot where they can reach with their rear legs. Yes, exactly. So hopefully it'll go all right. But boy, blah, that was my week. Lots of fun. <laughs> oh, I did also find out that on one of my dogs that I have been so stressed about eyelashes on. They don't mean eyelashes. They mean fringe. They mean bangs. Oh, they want bangs? Yes. <laughs> they want a visor on their havanese. They yeah. want some fringe. They want a little character. They didn't want the freaking eyelashes. So then what you want to do when they do that you want to do Bichon eyes. Okay. Where you actually go in right over the eye, around where, where the eyeliner is, and do that real close. So that opens up the eyes, and that also um, allows there to be overhang without it being in the eyes. Okay, I'm going to remember that. And this time I just left a bunch of fringe because I didn't want to deal with cutting around the shorter eyebrows that I had screwed up time or two ago and she's like oh he's never looked so good that's exactly what I want okay really let me just bang my head against this post here for a minute because I've been this is now like seven years of me fighting with the uh, eyelashes yeah this dog previous dog I should have picked up on it better late than never so <laughs> pat myself right now <laughs> you got it all right anything interesting for you or shall we move on Oh, we can move on. It wasn't that much of a week. I did have something I wanted to talk about. I had a product failure. What? Yeah, I had a product failure. So Dave wasn't working today. I mean, this week because he was moving. So he took the week off for both places where he works. And so that meant I get to groom Jason, the Maltese something mix. I stopped grooming Jason and gave him to Dave because Jason just, it was kind of a pain in the butt for me. But I remembered how to groom him and everything. But what I did is I chose to bathe him with show season bright and condition him with I groom 
magic detangler spray. So I did that. I bathed them. I toweled him down, and then I sprayed this stuff all through the coat. Why did I choose that? He's not tank. And the detangler just left a horrible result. I had the worst time clipping him with like a five blade. And I finally went to Snap-on Comb, which is my more confident thing. See, Dave is perfect at these shave down seven blade five blade he's got that down he really does a great job with that i don't do that that often my technique is not that good and in this coat this combination of bright and eye groom magic detangling spray it was just too much for his little fine coat and it didn't give me any added benefit. I don't know why I chose that. It was a stupid move on my part. And I paid because I just couldn't get the clipper result that I wanted. It like weighed the coat down or made the coat fall apart in a weird way. You know, I just had to struggle. I almost rebade them, but I didn't really have time. I hate that. So I just said... Oh, screw it. Then I had a positive experience later in the day because I groomed also little Joe, the Shih Tzu, that Dave's been doing almost a semi-Asian trim, clipping the body short and then doing kind of these tapered legs. Well, basically, he's just been scissoring over the front of the legs. Those legs were matted and we had to comb them all out. And then I got to experience my own scissoring a drop-coated dog, right? Just like we were talking about. Right, just like we were talking about. And then I remembered that my main thing that I wanted to tell people about scissoring a drop coat is to scissor down, tip down, scissor down. I do that on schnauzer furnishings, especially if you have a... Uh, furnishings that are a little softer, a lot of schnauzer furnishings. They're not that standout kind of look like you see on the show dogs. They're just this fluffy soft stuff that you need to scissor down. So scissor down doesn't mean you can't scissor some things up, but the bade technique is to scissor down. And I actually got a really good result. And I took enough of those legs off that they're not going to mat quite so much. I mean, they're still very full. Dave pretty much gave me license to do what I wanted with that dog because he said the legs were driving him crazy anyway. So I think we're going to be happy. The owners didn't notice the difference. You know, I cut off a good inch and they're still full legs. It just came out pretty good. I used up eight or eight and a half inch Chris Christensen good scissors. Good scissors are always the best. Aren't they, though? So that was my main little tip I wanted to add in after experiencing my own drop coat scissoring. Scissor down, folks. <laughs> we'll take a break. We'll talk about our deep conditioning question. 
Let me tell you about Best Shot's newest addition to the Ultramax Pro line. Ultramax Hair Hold is a flexible hairspray that can be layered on for a stronger hold. Ultramax Hair Hold Spray is great, but my favorite new product is called the Max, and I won't groom without it. It's a fragrance-free ultra-concentrate conditioner and detangler. It reduces drying time and handles undercoat and tangles like magic. Just a few drops in the final rinse or spray it on and dry it in. Contact your favorite Best Shot distributor or learn more online at bestshotpet.com. Grooming success begins with Best Shot in your tub. Made from the best stuff on earth. Ready, groomers? Here comes our first appointment. In case you guys don't know, and I assume you do know, we have a Facebook group. It's facebook.com slash groups slash the groom pod. And if you want to get in touch with either one of us, well, mostly Barbara, but I'm there too, just post your question there and then we pick out of there oftentimes for our topics for the show. So this week we've picked a question by April Conway who asks, what is everyone's favorite deep conditioning protocol? How do you decide what dogs to do it on? And I love this question because I fight the desire to do deep conditioning because it adds drying time in most of the cases for me. Either I'm not doing it right or it's doing what it's supposed to do. And just by that nature, uh, it adds time. That's it. It's doing what it's supposed to do. So it's hydrating the coat. So you're at at dueling purposes to dry the coat and to hydrate the coat. So it does add drying time. But, you know, there are many different deep conditioning options out there. And there are some faster drying deep conditioning ingredients in some of the more advanced products. Deep conditioning is usually a thick cream that you put on um, after the bath and you leave it on for five to 15 minutes. And if you follow like the Chris Christensen protocol, they do it like the hairdresser would do it, which is to wrap the hair in plastic and cover it with a towel and heat the towel. Oh, you add heat. I've sat under the dryer for 20 minutes, you know, like we're doing a deep conditioning. We're doing it because the hair looks damaged, breaking, frizzy, dry, brittle, or any of those things that seem like just a rinse through conditioner is not going to be enough. And these things are sometimes called masks it usually q-u-e-s it's may it's going to be the higher price if it's mask s-k-s it's going to be cheaper than if it's mask s-q-u-e you know is that the truth that's funny it is you know marketing it's marketing language it's marketing spelling q-u-e-s is going to be more expensive than s-k-s masks Shopping tips from Barbara. The idea of why you leave conditioning mask in longer is because it usually has moisturizing ingredients that take longer to uh, soak into the hair shaft and or the skin. 
there it adds time just in doing the job of deeper conditioning. And it is most likely to add drying time because the more moisture you put into the coat, the longer it's going to take to dry. So are you just drying out what you just put in? Do you think that when we deep condition for 15 minutes and we put extra humectants in there and we moisturize the skin and then we force dry it and or heat dry it, are we just drying out what we just put in? I don't know. So I think that's an interesting question. I think it makes more sense if we're going to like air dry to do deep conditioning treatment. I don't know. These hair masks and deep conditioning treatments are mostly marketed to black women, women of color with ethnic black hair that is more porous, more likely to dry out and have breakage problems and harder to keep the hair healthy. And so this protocol makes you think like you're doing a really good thing for your hair. And you probably are. But for in terms of grooming a dog, you got to know that you're weighing the hair down and you're softening it a lot. Softening the hair is a big benefit or effect of deep conditioning. And you don't always want to soften the coat that you are about to style especially if styling includes scissoring. So even Chris Christensen, they have a really good deep conditioner called um, Pro-Pack, I think it's called. It comes in a jar, and I, I used a, a lot of it. It's a nice product, and it's not as heavy as some of these thick creams that you might run across. But nonetheless, deep conditioning tends to really soften the coat. And even Chris Christensen website says, don't use this on the day before the show. This is an in-between show treatment. And the reason they say that is because your coat is going to fall. It's going to drop. Your poodle hair is going to turn into Maltese hair. It's not going to be ideal. It's for what what you use after the show, after you've sprayed it and done all of this stuff to style it or used a scissoring spray, or the coat is aged uh, where I might want to use it is on my elderly bearded collie that is matted every time. Another way do a deep protein treatment, that's going to help your old damaged coat and just use it on the bottom third of the coat where it's really older coat. That's what I do with my own hair. I condition the bottom part of my hair heavily and then I just kind of quickly go over where it's the top. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Good going. Excellent. I got an official definition for us. Okay. I got I got notes. Notes, note search. Found this on a website and I think that it says it well. Deep conditioning is the application of a thick and restorative formula to your hair using steam or moist heat to encourage the penetration of the formula into your hair. And sometimes when we're doing dog grooming, they just recommend that you let it 
sit for 10 to 15 minutes. The idea of applying heat is somewhat subject to criticism because heat can damage the hair. It can open the cuticle too much. So, um, uh, but you want to encourage the penetration of the formula into your hair, either by leaving it longer or using moderate heat to encourage the penetration. The goal is to repair dry damaged hair by rebuilding the hair's molecular layer and replenishing moisture, encouraging thicker, softer, and revitalized hair. Well, the one thing that I would never say, I don't think we can rebuild the hair's molecular layer. That's bullshit. Bull patty. We do definitely encourage an appearance of healthier hair by doing a deep conditioning treatment. So I looked at uh, Isle of Dogs number 52 nutrient mask, M-A-S-Q-U-E. And it's got uh, just the usual conditioning. You know, it's just got less water in it. <laughs> it it's got less water in it. It's got the same ingredients that you might see in a regular conditioner. So then if you were to buy or use a regular conditioner that has argon oil or olive oil or something like that in it, and you left it sit on there for 10 minutes, isn't that kind of a deep conditioning? That is kind of a deep conditioning okay. because you're allowing extra penetration time. You're not just rinsing it right off. Um, I also looked at aroma pause. Aroma pause is water, organic vegetable glycerin, coconut oil, avocado oil, sorbitol, organic aloe vera extract, <laughs> and then, you know, a couple other things. This is just, doesn't really have the conditioner base that you would expect in a, in a conditioner. It's got the additives, but to have vegetable glycerin being the most prominent by volume ingredient, eh. More show than go? Well, yeah, glycerin is a good thing, but it's usually not the most prominent ingredient in a formula because it can leave the coat kind of tacky. Okay. So I'm a little suspicious about this uh, this ingredient lineup for aroma paws. I I wouldn't use it. I would use the Isle of Dog stuff, or the Chris Christensen stuff comfortably. But uh, to tell the truth, I don't do this kind of deep conditioning where you leave it on for a long time. I do the more 21st century kind of heavy deeper conditioning by using products that are made with ingredients that don't require a long setup time like the pantene rescue shot pantene rescue shot gives a great result it has immediate impact on the hair you just put it on and rinse it off 
you put it on separately and in a concentrated fashion, it immediately does its magic. And then the other dude that I use, the other brand that I use is L'Oreal Alvive or Alvive. And it again has, hello, silicone, silicone ingredients. They do their work quickly, fast, and you're out of there. And so it doesn't really add drying time because those silicone ingredients actually decrease dying time. Oh my God, it's great. So, I mean, I really love the Pantene Rescue Shots and the LV in the black bottle. That's what I, how I have to identify products around in my shop is by color, <laughs> by, by package color. <laughs> Use the stuff in the black bottle. <laughs> so back in the day, you made a product called Happy Hair. What was in that? Happy Hair was an essential oil mixture that I created as kind of a, well, not exactly a treatment, although some people use it as a treatment, but as a essential oil pre-bath treatment to help uh, moisturize and hydrate the hair. And it was um, all essential oils with infused <laughs> lavender and lemongrass. Oh yeah. But nowadays I but nowadays I wouldn't I wouldn't make it with lavender oil because now we know that lavender is one of the most allergenic of the essential oils. Yeah, don't look at us like what I didn't do anything. No kidding. Hey. I saw you get up here. We'll sit right there. Sit there. You nip that kitty. He t- All he has to do is touch him and the cat jumps off. Yeah, because he's he's felt the fury. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so sorry to interrupt. Okay, so that's it. So, you know, like you can use a deep conditioner if you want to, and you can do a deep, if you do a deep conditioner, you need to offer a deep conditioning treatment as an add-on and charge more money, 10 or $15 for it, because uh, it is going to take time to deep condition and more time to dry. And for me, the time deep conditioning while I wait for the conditioner to work and the time drying or cutting hair, it's all costs the same for the person I am. It's a deal breaker. That's why I mentioned these human products that are damage repair products that don't add time. I'm going to get one of those and test them out. Yeah, you should. Yeah. It's about time. Well, <laughs> that was funny. Okay, let's move on. Okay. All right, we're going to be moving on. But first, here's a message from our sponsors. Chris Bear Anthony here, visiting the Groom Pod. So if you know me, you know how much I love my Evolution shears. They're the only shears I actually use. So check out all the options, including customizable non-swivels, at evolutionshears.com and give Abby a shout with any questions you might have. GroomPod listeners get $10 off and free shipping with the code GroomPod. So check them out today. Your hands will thank you. Sometimes my clients don't like a walking air freshener. When these crazy people request a scent-free option, I go right to show season. 
Show season true tearless shampoo and hypo conditioner fit the bill. They are totally fragrance free and yet hold up on their own as good products. True Tearless has been expertly formulated to be gentle to the eyes, skin, and hair while maintaining good cleaning power. Hypo conditioner is a great option as well. And it's one of our favorite conditioners with or without fragrance. So let's get fragrance free. Use True Tearless and Hypo Conditioner from Show Season today. Go to showseasongrooming.com. Groomers, take your seats. It's time for Bee Birds Classroom. I'm so excited to learn about this new innovation because, like I said earlier, it's just not that often that we get a cool innovation. So tell us about it, Barbara. Well, I want to talk about laundry detergent sheets. I've never heard of these. I know you haven't. You know, that that's because you don't watch TV. Well, that's true. <laughs> I, have, I have things to do. <laughs> You know, TV is a resource, is an informational resource for me because I watch the ads and I notice trends and and then I know what to ask my doctor about. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I watch TV ads because it teaches me trends. And one of the things that's trending right now on TV is laundry detergent sheets they look like pieces of paper so here's a half a sheet this is arm and hammer they come in a sheet that's about oh i'm gonna say four inches by five inches and um these are a pretty blue color there's a back and a front they feel different on the sides i can definitely feel that the darker side is the product side The other side, the back of them, seems to be maybe a backing material. This is Arm & Hammer. I'm feeling Arm & Hammer. So I noticed on TV that they were advertising these cleaning sheets. And I thought, well, that's new. This week, I ordered a six-pack of new towels from Amazon. I buy towels and they, within three months, they're just raggedy. Okay, so they're cheap towels. But I happen to know that the person that's washing my towels for me is buying cheap laundry detergent at the dollar store. I remember her saying she was so proud of her shopping because she got a five gallon pail of powdered laundry detergent for like two bucks so i'm wondering what is that like well that's spread your towels in three months laundry detergent (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so while i was on amazon buying the towels i thought oh i'm gonna get some of these laundry sheets i'm gonna give a box to yvonne to use on the new blue towels, and I will get a box for myself. And so I've tried them once. I love them. You throw it in the water, and they dissolve, and there was no residue. These ones have a like a fresh linen fragrance. 
oh, that's lovely. And uh, it's not too heavy. Some of the manufacturers offer fragrance-free options. So I decided, I, I was thinking, well, how do they make these? So I asked my girlfriend, AI. So AI says there's five steps in manufacturing laundry sheets, okay? One is the formulation. And interestingly enough, I find these people that are manufacturing laundry sheets, they're disclosing their ingredients. Yay! That's cool. And their ingredients, they vary. You have the kind of traditional laundry detergent formulas, and then you have the kind of extra mild formulas. And interestingly enough, these supernatural extra mild sheets don't score as well on cleaning as do the Arm & Hammer sheets that I get that are pretty much same ingredients as the Arm & Hammer liquid detergent, but there's no water. Well, that's a plus because you don't want to pay for water. And that's what you're doing. You're paying for water. You're paying for plastic jugs. And then you're sending those plastic jugs to the landfill. And you're helping to make a mountain of plastic at your landfill. This is one of the big driving motivations for detergent sheets is to cut down on plastic going to the landfill. So did these just come in a box, like a cardboard box? They come in a little box and uh, it opens up and you can just pull out a sheet. Nice. Now, I've read reviews of other kinds where the sheets tended to stick together, but I picked the Arm & Hammer because I recognized the name and I I wanted to uh, not seem too (laughs) woo-woo. Plus, she wanted them to work, and Arm & Hammer's good cleaning company. Arm & Hammer, I've used their liquid detergent plenty of times. I trust them on the box. It says, leave the mess and plastic bottle behind. Then it shows a picture of the drying sheet, and it says, quick dissolve technology. And that's the truth. They dissolve almost immediately. So you wouldn't want them to get caught in the rain. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe keep them in a plastic sack when you're bringing them home from the grocery store here in the Northwest. I did use pods for a while this spring, and I bought pods in a bag. Yeah. You know, and that was good. But the Tucson heat, as soon as it got hot, as soon as it hit 100 degrees in my back porch, uh, the pods melted. Oh. <laughs> Did you ever feel like compelled to eat the pods? Because I know that's been a problem. No. <laughs> but this is another, but that's another selling point of the detergent sheets is they're safer because children won't want to eat them. Children and uh, TikTok users. <laughs> now, I know that economical shopping isn't always on the top of your list. Are they economical to use or do you think they're expensive because they're new or what do you think of the price? Because groom shops do a lot of laundry. And we know that the more popular they get, the price is going to drop. I think it's like 
$14 for this uh, 50 measured sheet. So that's probably more expensive. But I want to go through the manufacturing process. Formulation is first. Next, extrusion. The mixture is heated and pressurized, turning it into a lasagna noodle. Mushy state. So they make it into a mush, right? This is sort of like baking. And then they do sheet formation using rollers or molds to shape into the sheets or strips. I think probably a lot of maybe molds and rollers that they rollers also squeezes out some moisture and it rolls it. These things feel really nice to the touch. You know, they're smooth but not slippery. The fourth stage is drying, um, and they can be dried, air dried, or heat dried, dried in an oven. Different places have different drying methods, but they're dried. And the fifth stage, cutting and packaging. So it takes a little bit more different equipment than manufacturing a liquid would. So they're not all the same, but I'm all for this. I'm hyped. I looked up the ingredients for the arm and hammer, and you know what the first ingredient is? Sodium lauryl sulfate. Well, that's a surprise. Not. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and it's got PEG-12 dimethicone. Aha, uh -huh. silicone. Then it's got saponins. Now, saponins are like soaps. Oh, that's weird. And it's got a preservative, uh, benzisothiazolinone. This is not a big all-natural uh, product. It's an earth-friendly product, but not necessarily an all-natural one. So then another choice that I looked up the ingredients was the Clean People. Clean People is a company that's very naturally oriented and planet concerned and all of that. They were one of the highest rated of one of the top five lists that I looked at, Clean People. Vegetable glycerin is their first ingredient. And they describe it as a plant oil moisturizer that helps lift stains. I've never thought of glycerin as a stain lifter, but sometimes you squeeze out meaning where it's never been squeezed. <laughs> <laughs> and then starch, plant-derived, and helps support biodegradability, but it also probably gives the sheet some stiffness and form, right? Yes. And then PVA, which is polyvinyl something, biodegradable and creates the consistency of our laundry strips. And they mentioned it is frequently used in oral supplements. Well, that means it's safe. Also, oh, they do want you to eat it. Light mineral <laughs> oil used in manufacturing as a processing aid, not an active product ingredient. And here's a friend of ours, cocamidopropyl betaine. Oh, we know that well. Sodium gluconate, plant-derived and helps clean clothes during washing and prevent growth of microbes. These are all pretty much 
ingredients that you would find in laundry detergents. Like I'm not going to bore you or blow your mind trying to teach you about laundry detergent ingredients because they're much more technical and weird. But I do want to say that I found another another laundry sheet that the first ingredient was um, sodium dodecyl sulfate, D-O-D-E-C-Y-L. That's another name for sodium laurel sulfate. Ah, That's just sneaking it by you. <laughs> the cost of the sheets, they're figuring it per half sheet. So they're saying a load of laundry is a half sheet. So that's a little fudging with the numbers. That would be a light. <laughs> There's as 30 cents for the half a sheet, but they have some of them that are as low as eight cents a sheet. They may be smaller sheets in some of the other manufacturers. So yeah, it looks like this will be an up and coming technology. I hope we embrace it. I want to see it come to dog grooming. I just cringe at all the jugs that I send to the landfill. I cringe at the water bottles. Rarely do you take the time to recycle, to empty out the last of it. Where do you empty it? Do you put it through the sewage system? These chemical shampoos? I don't know what to do with it. I usually go outside and dump it out, but then you rinse out the... You can't send a bottle to recycle that's got old detergent in it. You're supposed to rinse them out. If it's got stuff in it, they're just going to throw it away. Here in the Northwest, we were some of the first edition recyclers, and it's just habit. You rinse it out, and you put it, smash it down, and you put it in recycling. Now they're taking the tops, which is really cool. But the question is, even if you do wash it out, where's it going? The idea is use less plastics. And water bottles, for me, are my scourge. I just hate seeing people go out of Costco with stacks of water bottles. They're just awful. They're off. Sorry. They're awful. Anyway. I use water bottles. Sorry. Yep. Well, I just don't drink any water. So, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but I do use an aluminum bottle for my Pepsi. I wonder what we're going to talk about next week. You guys will have to tune in to find out because we're done for this episode. Barbara, thanks for being here. And remember to support the sponsors. And if you go to any of the shows, let them know that we really appreciate them because we really appreciate them. And we appreciate you guys. Happy grooming, everyone. See you next week on The Groom Pod. Bye. Take care of yourselves. We love you.